Father, why are there crosses on the village doors? Is it really the plague? It started with bites during the night. Then the sickness spread, first in families, then to everyone. Fever, boils, people started dying. And when we finally found out where it came from, it was already too late. Two playlists. We haven't done one of these for a long, long time. What was the last and game we did a playlist on? Was it Spec Ops? Yeah. Yeah, Spec Ops. In a long yeah, old time. Spec Ops alive. Yep. And here we go with another really semi serious one. Quite apt at this time. And to join me um, for this in depth view of A Plague Tale Innocence is. One of the plague bearers himself, Mark Hamer. Hello. Cough, cough. And a member of the Inquisition, <laughs> Nick. Hello. No one expected me. See what you did there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Went for the most obvious Spanish Inquisition <laughs> joke. <laughs> okay, so, A Plague Tale Innocence. Um, released last year, so fairly new. Mm. Um, 2019. Um, it was developed by Asobo Studio and really published by Focus Home Interactive, who seem to be getting a bit of a reputation for finding the middle ground between the indies and the. Yeah, they want to say one of the few publishers that seem to specialise in double A releases. Um, this is definitely yeah. a double A release. They're not an indie studio, but this was like their first game i looked down the list of titles uh, earlier and it appears to be their first game that wasn't a um you know a video game version of a pixar film or um mm. the xbox 360 port of the crew or you know they do a lot of port work <laughs> and a lot of like uh movie tie-in franchise games that was a a thing that used to exist and doesn't anymore um, yeah, they yeah. did the that Connect Disneyland as well, didn't they? Yeah. That was shown off at E3, I seem to remember, and it just looked god-awful. Yeah, there's a lot of little things like that, but this was like their first proper game. And, well, we'll come to it for the most part. It might have been a good one, it might have not. We'll see how it goes. So, it's considered an action-adventure, survival horror. Um, it came out for the PC and for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Um, the artwork, I think on the front cover, is quite striking. Um, it seems to suggest that there's going to be more of them. I think a sequel has been announced or will be announced. I mean, it was recently announced that it sold a million copies, which is pretty good. Yeah. You know. For the double A game, I mean, these double A games died out really. Um, up with PS4, Xbox One, yeah, it was a big deal on like the last popular. gen consoles, and then for most of this generation, double A games have kind of been 
Well, they still existed, but they were they kind of banished to PC. Really, there mm. were lots of double A games still on PC, but console had like a distinct lack of them. There's been like a sort of resurgence in the last few years. Yeah, I just wonder if that it's maybe because initially the development of the PS4, Xbox One, such a pricey thing, and that as times go on, experience costs come down. That the double A returns. I think as well there's there's been like a big um shift in the last generation where there's been so many great games coming out and so many just games coming out that often the double A games that kind of typically would review around sort of like a seven, maybe a six or a seven out mm-hmm. of ten, it, a lot of people are sort of saying that's not good enough anymore. It's it's gotta be an eight or a nine or a ten for people to pay attention to it for long enough, and we kind of we've discussed that uh, a bit ago, didn't we? With like Hitman Two, for example, where it it came out and just didn't seem to do anything because it was one of those games that was kind of a safe game. It wasn't an amazing game. Uh, it didn't do anything groundbreaking or new, and so it was kind of largely forgotten by the mainstream media. And I think that's maybe why. Mm you're kind of getting a lack of those double-A games um, just because the media don't pick up on them and there's there's too many, there's, you know, there's so much there saturating the video game market. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a great thing. There's never been a better time to pick up games and play games. There's never been such a wealth of good games coming out, but it does mean that for people, especially lapsed gamers, aren't maybe going to pick up these kind of games. They're going to go for the triple-A hitters like The Last of Us, like Ghost of Tsushima. That's a great example. Mm. There's been two apparently amazing games come out in the space of a month. I mean, it's also that the band now is seven, like you said, isn't good enough. Seven's really good. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. But it's always that score that people see as bad for some reason or see as, oh, I'm not picking that up. It's a seven sort of thing. It's it's not a bad score. Mm. If you've got 70% on a thing, that's that's a first-class degree just but well, yeah, you know 70 percent before my kids got the percent <laughs> <laughs> uh you know you wouldn't you wouldn't be disappointed at getting a first class degree if, if it was like 71 percent, would you so why are people disappointed that a game is only worth seven out of ten um i, th- I think you know it, it's just the way thing is there's so many games to play these days and that's one good thing though about game that's... pass because this sorry, sorry. no no go ahead go ahead because uh, this game uh i think all of us have played this because it was on Game Pass and yeah. we wanted to play it first and foremost, but it enabled us to do this podcast because we didn't all have to go out and buy copies. We could just say, let's all download and play through this yeah. and we'll see what we think and have a chat about it. And that's one thing that Game Pass is I doing. I got my copy. Oh, you, you bought your copy. So two of us anyway. Um, <laughs> y- you know, Game Pass is kind of letting you uh, try things you might not pick up or maybe in a couple of months' time after the big rush has been over and you've not got a game to play, you might think, actually, I'll give that a go. And Game Pass actually mm. has been an excellent home for AA games. There's been a lot yes. of like great indie games on there, a lot of all the big first-party AAA games and a few other AAA games, but there's a big chunk of, like, I'd say we're like AA games um, that I've played... On that on that pla- on, on on that service that have all been pretty decent. They've all been around like exactly like you say, like a good six, seven out of ten. Um, and the thing that's about them um, 
which is kind of similar to indie games, I suppose, in a way, or, or a certain sect of indie games, um, is that they've all tried to do something new. They take the risks that, that AAA developers won't. Yeah, basically. And it, you always need a wealth of developers who are willing to do that and have the budget, I guess, to do that, um, or who at least aren't going to fall, you know, completely kill their company off to do it. Uh, they've obviously worked for a long time and uh, building up their kind of studio and doing all of the Pixar tie-ins. And then I think I've seen that they did quite a few things with Microsoft in, the, in recent years, haven't they? Like they did some work on that Recore game um, and mm. they worked on the Zoo Tycoon Xbox One launch title. Yeah. Um, so they've obviously kind of built a decent relationship with Microsoft and then they've kind of got this Game Pass partnership maybe that's enabled them to take a risk and make their first game, which was never going to have the budget of a AAA mega whopper game. But I still think the quality of it, um, especially in the, um, the the graphical side of things and the fidelity is is very impressive. And it's really push in that regard, it pushes AA boundaries. Yep, yep, for sure. Mm. I mean, looking at the reception, looking at it, it's got an average 81, 83 on the Xbox. It's quite high. It's been nominated for a number of awards. It's won um, the Steam Awards, Outstanding Story, and something in the Pegasus Awards. 2020, it won quite a lot of... It won Best Game. So it has been recognised by people um, for I mean, costume design, performance, sound editing... Narrative game of the year, it was awarded as nominated as well. So, this is not just a game that's appeared and not being recognized, it seems to have got um, a lot of goodwill and a lot of um, recognition from the yeah. Press. It was one of um, Jim Sterling's yeah, favorite games of uh, 2019 as well, and he's not a particularly right. easy man to please. <sighs> no, he's not. So, basically, the game is set in 1348 the hundred years war was taking place which actually wasn't a hundred years war yeah they rounded it up um and i know it sounds better than the 93 year war though doesn't it oh yeah yeah 1348 the black death is everywhere from and what what really struck me about this game that attracted me first of all is plague tale black death you don't get many games set in this period of time even though people would say fantasy, etc. is medieval. But in actual fact, there's not very many medieval adventure games. Not adventure games, Such. no. They, they usually tend to be sort of like um, RTS games or Strategy, like big yeah. RPGs like that. Um, like Mountain Blade and um, what's the... King, uh, um, Kingdom. What's, yeah, yeah, Kingdom Come. But in terms of adventure, you don't really get it. And so this was a thing that really struck me. It was like, oh, an adventure game set during the Black Death. That's it. attracted me. So that was an attraction. And the cover and everything else. And it's set in France, Aquitaine. Um, it's set during the 100 years as well. So you've got the English army involved. And you have got follow this rich family. And in particular, your main character is Amicia. Let's pronounce it. Uh, Amicia, 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 I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, Amicia. 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 
and you'll get very mm. tired of hearing that name throughout the game. <laughs> <laughs> and Amicia, and you've her brother Hugo, who has some sort of mystery ailment, and is kept hidden by the mother, um, and eventually you go on this long, long story uh, to discover what's going on. The gameplay itself is essentially an escort mission, would you say? Mostly. Extended. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. There are some stretches but where you're playing on your own, but it's it's mostly a... Yeah. Uh, although it's not like... It, 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 that aspect of the game was never... Escort missions can sometimes be really bad. Uh, yeah. And so I was a little bit uh, worried about going in that it was going to be bad escort mission that would lasted for 10 mm. hours <laughs> so um yeah uh but yeah um it, it, it never really that that aspect never really bugged me at all like it was it was well done like you're in so much as like the last of us is an escort mission um but your companion mm. can kind of either take care of themselves or doesn't get into trouble much yeah will listen to you actually a bit mostly Unlike my kids, yeah, for the most part. Um, so essentially, it's like that, um, and it takes you through various parts of France. Um, it does have some supernatural elements to it because I think the story required of it, um, and we'll come to those as we go on. But it does begin in you following it here in the woods, and you lose the dog. First of all, don't you have the dog disappears Leon. down the hole? Leon, Leon, yeah. Leon. Um, and that sort of starts the whole mystery of what's happened to the dog and what's going on um, you it's, go the first, back to it's the first hint castle. of the rats isn't it yeah, yeah it's the first hint I mean there's, there's sort of a hint with the foliage and stuff and the woods and you're going across things and she's discovering yeah. things Um but in terms of the dog disappearing, yeah. And that's sort of like an interesting... I thought it was a quite nice way to introduce you to the game, the game controls and everything. Sometimes it just... Some games will show, this is mm. a tutorial. This sort of like eased you in. And I think, coming on to the controls, I think the controls are pretty good. Yeah. Um, in terms of this. In terms of combat, it was a bit of a panic things where you try to switch from one thing to another um, yeah we'll come on to that come to that so um, essentially the dog is killed in a natural way um, you are then asked to kill when we're basically chased after it because you're killing the pig um, and then you go back to your house stroke castle and where your whole family is killed by the Inquisition. I didn't know the Inquisition existed at this point, and I also thought they were Spanish, but... Hmm. <laughs> Twelve From the 12th century onwards. Right, it makes sense that so. the, uh, the Inqu like Catholics be pretty um, inquisitive, <laughs> shall I put it that way? <laughs> like inquisiting... Yeah, well, 
inquisiting, but not doing much inquisiting, more inquisiting with yeah, the sword. Yeah, that's what I meant. Through the chest. <laughs> so, yeah, essentially this Inquisition comes in, kills everybody, your mum, your dad, all the servants, um, and that's when you have to rescue Hugo, who you've hardly seen, because he's been locked mm-hmm. in a room um, with his mother. Um, you do get the feet. You also get a bit of um, sense of family disquiet. You know, it's not all harmony. Harmony amongst his family, or hasn't been in the past. Bit of friction between Emilia and the mother, um, and the dad. And she sort of follows her dad more than yeah, because she mother. feels like her mother, her brother was her mother's favourite because she spent all of her time with dumb. her brother and wouldn't let her see him. Yeah, and so on. Yeah, I mean, that, that forms part of the narrative yeah. as we go on. Um, and I think that sort of conflict and that sort of thought is dealt with quite really well in the first few chapters where, really, it's almost like Amitsu and your brother getting yeah. to know each other. In the midst of so. a plague and a purge and being hunted by the Inquisition, they're expected to yeah. get to know each other. Um, yeah. Um, so they're not they're not a close family. No, no, and their relationship goes pretty strained fairly early on. Like in the early stages of the game, as you work through, you're trying to get to I can't remember the guy's name, sort of like alchemist guy. Yeah, you're trying to get to his house through the first couple of chapters, and Hugo has not got much experience of the world. Um, has just had. The only character who ever really cared about him taken away from him. Um, and he's being told what to do by a sister he's, he barely knows. Mm. Um, and so he acts up a lot and runs away a lot and causes a lot of frustration for uh, um, for his uh, sister. Yeah, particularly at the start, yeah, those mm. few chapters. But it all plays into the story and the thought it all plays in narrative. You know, you never get, like I said, sometimes escort missions fall apart on the AI of the character. But here, um, you sort of, the kid's just running off all the time and it comes part of the conflict. Nick, you might disagree, though. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't like the kid, or at least the way that the kid was written, I suppose. Not written, I... The problem I've got, and we, we've kind of had a, a small discussion on this uh, in the Slack channel going back and forth a few times, where um, I didn't like the way that Hugo played up a lot uh, and ran away and uh, all of this, uh, and uh, Mark Mark came back and pretty much said, well, it's kind of the same as like God of War for example, which is a game that I I loved. Uh, But I think this is different because in God of War, it it never felt like an excuse to move the story on. Whereas in Plague's Tale, for example, there are times where you you kind of, you're in a nice safe place with a nice old woman who's let you into her home and given you food and clothes. And then Hugo decides that he wants to play, so he's going to have a paddy and run away. Um, which it, it it feels like these times have been just um, 
it's not that it, they feel artificial rather than actually good writing uh to me at least that's that's how i felt but um that that's just my my opinion and, and how i felt playing the game it it was more of an annoyance to me than a story if that makes sense yeah i can see that yeah. i mean i i viewed it more of like the they were using the sort of this strained relationship like annie was saying about how they're, they're kind of they don't really know each other because they've been kept separate for most of hugo's life um and the they're using the strained relationship between the two as like a plot device to get things moving when there's like a bit of a when when the story slows down for a moment um because there's not that many lulls in the game there are a few um very welcome moments of sort of like tranquility and almost beauty in an otherwise pretty horrific pretty upsetting world yeah and i would have um, quite liked more pieces like that to be honest i think sure. they were definitely they were a welcome escape from it and like you say it's this moment of tranquility surrounded by death and danger um and i think it, the game the difference the stark difference between the two worked very well um mm -hmm. and you feel at times those moments almost weren't long enough for example the the example yeah. that i just mentioned where you find solace with this old woman who gives you food and clothes mm. and stuff and, and you have a sleep there i think um and then you wake up and hugo's run off sort of thing um it, it i think that that could have done with being a bit of a longer maybe if you'd have had um a bit longer having the normality before being forced into another chase scene sort of thing through town. Um, mm. I think it, it, it could have benefited from that. Yeah, yeah I see what you mean. Like, um, I'm, I'm going to try not to drop any spoilers for a different game here, but there are elements of this game that reminded me of the first Last of Us. Um, with... Amici is the Joel character, sort of, and, and um, Hugo is the Ellie character. Uh, but whereas, like, The Last of Us would have sort of, like, short, sharp moments of brutality and horror interspersed with quite long stretches of almost tranquility, a lot of dialogue, a lot of just existing in the world... Um, a Plague Tale does it the other way around, where it was sort of like short, sharp moments of tranquility followed by extended stretches of horror. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, what's also interesting is when um, it's not only Hugo pushing off Amicia, it's Amicia pushing off Hugo. You know, Because he can be a little shit. Oh, he can be. He can be. And she's been thrust upon... Um, I think it's about chapter four or something where she just pushes off him. She doesn't want to know him really. She's fed up with him. You know, she's young herself. I think she's. I don't know if it's said, but she's like a teenager. Is she supposed to be like so, 13, 14? Yeah. Which I know kids had to grow up a lot faster back then because you were usually dead by like 40. But um, uh, still, she's quite young. She's, in, she's dealing with it herself. Mm. She's been frustrated and she's seen the family killed 
she's I mean, all of a sudden she's got this brother who she really doesn't know and he's been like a little shit and like kids are and of course you know me as a parent you're like oh, I've got to pull with it you know <laughs> back to the baking 20 minutes 75 minutes but you know but she's like no I don't want it and she pushes off him and he feels rejected himself so you've got the, this little interesting interplay between the two of them they share a common goal but he's quite impulsive as a kid would be and he's actually like a little kid and little kids are annoying and so when you get annoyed by it I f- I, f- I didn't get annoyed by him, but I just I know what kids are like, mm. and they are annoying. Yep. You know, and you do feel sometimes, you know, not that you know I want to get rid of my kids, but Amicia, who's been thrust upon it, she would feel like that. I mean, like I said, the situation is. 100 years while your English soldiers rampaging around, the Inquisition's just killed your family. The, the church is against you as such, or at least part of the church, and you've got a play going on. Yeah, I mean, she does grow into the role a little bit more as the, as the, the game goes along. As you encounter more characters, she sort of becomes a more well-rounded person. And cares appears to care for Hugo more, and Hugo seems to calm down a little bit as well as the game goes on, up to a certain point, of course, and then things take a sharp turn. But um, there's a few characters that you meet along the way. I guess the first one is not long into the game when you get to um, what was the name of the alchemist guy that you were trying to get to? And you find uh, him and he's dying, and you. you, you Drag, start dragging his apprentice around. Laurentus. Yeah, Laurentus. Yeah, I can't remember what the what the apprentice's name was. Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's a forgetful little shit as well. Was well, all he, I, like, I quite like him. He wasn't. He wasn't the strongest of those characters. His his whole thing was just he really cares about alchemy. Ba- basically, well, he it. was just there as a way to stagger. Uh, Amicia getting different powers throughout the game. Yeah. By oh, was, I just remembered I can do this. So it was of thing. like a, a shit cue. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a cue that apparently knew how to do all this beforehand, but just conveniently forgot mm. and re-remembered mm-hmm. every now and then. Um, I yeah. Yeah. So, but we should probably mention that. Like, you get um, Amicia's main weapon is a sling. She first yeah. uses this to throw rocks, but then as she goes through, she will learn different alchemical uh, recipes to be able to create different things that she can fire from a sling or or, ch- or throw that will like uh, extinguish fire or uh, uh, ignite um, embers or make a big flash light or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that's a, that's a good weapon to have. Because mostly the, the character, the, the, I think it suited the character. I never, it never, you know, it's, it's some video games will be like saying, "Oh, she's on a sling." In two chapters' time, she's got a big sword. Yeah, she's got um, armor. It kept it to a sense of grounded. Sort of. Least, yeah, grounded in the realism of she's a little girl. She's never been 
even though she's a dad's favourite, she hasn't really fought with a sword. She's never really got going with it. And she's really good with a sling. Yeah. And it followed that along. Um, I mean, coming to, as we're talking about the sling, how did... Uh, that's one thing. I mean, I'm not saying the game's without issues. I do like the game. But I think sometimes in pressure situations, changing from the sling from one recipe to another was a bit like oh well we'll come on to that because that became a real problem later on in the game um early on it's not too much of a problem because it doesn't chuck too much at you Mm. there's a boss fight early on um which was fairly straightforward i didn't think this is the sort of game that was going to involve boss fights but um there's like three um yeah, I mean, there's one where you have to. F- is it basically some of them? You have to hit them in the face mm-hmm. with this one of the recipes, which makes them take the helmet off. Yeah, and then you can. And then you hit them with a rock. Them out with a stone. You hit yeah, them with a rock and but that's like uh, how you will get past lots of the different enemy types as you go through because some of the enemies wouldn't have a helmet on. Some of them would, and you'd have to find a way to get their helmet off. Some of them they would have a, they'd be carrying a light source, and you'd need to put it out to be able to. To get to get them attacked by the rats, mm. um. So that's basically like oh, we haven't really talked about how the gameplay works, but it's it it's just basically two distinct types of game, broken up by, uh, like like some light puzzle work uh, and brief moments of like mm. talking and just walking. Um, you have stretches where you are in stealth mode and you're hiding from, um. The Inquisition, um, or angry villagers want to turn you into the Inquisition, mm-hmm. or there's stretches where you're navigating through these seas of rats and you have to use light and fire to be able to well, get a, your way through. Little, yeah. And then as the game would go on, it would like incorporate the two things together and then sort of towards the end twist the whole thing on its head. But most of the, way, most of the game is made up with just those two elements. Mm. It is linear. It it's is not very mode. linear. It's an adventure game. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Um, there's one particular stretch fairly early on after you've like met Lucas and you're trying to get somewhere. I can't remember where you're going. Um, I played the first like ten chapters of this game about two months ago. And then I played the final seven chapters of the game today. So <laughs> I have less memory of the first half of the game. Um, but when you're going through, you're having to navigate through a battlefield. Um, the well, the, the What's left of a battlefield following a big fight between the English and the French. And there's just a sea of dead bodies and rats everywhere. And it's pitch black and it goes on for a, quite a long time. And it's one of the more harrowing sections of gameplay I've played in any game recently but definitely the most harrowing section in this game is pretty horrific it is pretty brutal isn't it yeah that is one of them it's probably one of the ones that stick in your mind because it was so brutal yeah because you're you're literally walking over dead bodies lots of them yeah yeah um it's walk using them like you're having to walk on them because there's no ground between them there's just piles of dead bodies um and then there's a section after that. Um, this was, I think this was the point where you really started to not like it, Nick, right? Um, I think it's the point where I've started 
to feel that... Uh, yeah. I didn't... So, it, for me, it was kind of a game of two halves. Normally, when people say that, it's it's the first half isn't so good and then the second half gets good. But for me, it was kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the opening was quite strong. I, was, I wasn't blown away by it, but I thought it was a decent game. Um, but I think the problem for me stems from... I, the game didn't really add much. The, what, the game you play in the first hour, two hours, is the same game you play all the way through. And the puzzles... Uh, the Until sort of like the last couple of chapters, I'd say. Too. Yeah, yeah, the last couple of chapters get a bit insane uh, yeah. when they you just have all the skills and alchemy <laughs> powers and you're just throwing them left, right and centre at everything. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a definite shift in those last couple of chapters. Um, to tr- I, I, you can feel that they've tried to pace it up a bit and make it a bit more challenging, I think, as well. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, for essentially, the what you are introduced to at the start is pretty much the same game you'll play all the way throughout. So that'll be a few stealth sections, uh, trying to sneak past guards, and then uh, like a chase or a big um, action set piece. Mm-hmm. Um, which I suppose is kind of a very similar pattern to what Naughty Dog have always done with Uncharted and probably yep. the last of us i've, I've yeah. not played the last of us so i don't know um but i feel it, there was nothing to break that there was nothing new that was introduced to me uh and for me the story didn't really go anywhere i the setting mm. is brilliant the set the setup of the story is brilliant but it feels like the mid the the second act of the game was just padding essentially yeah yeah it had like a place that it wanted to get to yeah um it knew it it knew the start and the end but it just sort of Mm. meandered through the middle bit there was nothing for me anyway there was nothing interesting that happened in the second act of the story and there was nothing interesting that happened in the second act of the gameplay that changed anything up um Mm -hmm. for me that made it memorable or I, it was a real struggle for me to play through that second act. So there's like, there's a definitive um, antagonist of this game. Um, the, yeah. the grand inquisitor um, who is driving the plot and you're not even introduced to him until more than halfway through the game. Mm. Mm. Like through the first half, it's just the inquisition are after us. Let's run. They're still after us. Let's keep running. Mm. They're still after us. And then after you've accumulated a happy band of a couple of thieves and a, this alchemist kid, um, you discover a castle and sort of hang out there for a bit. And then the game decides, okay, we better introduce the villain of the piece. <laughs> oh, also, Hugo's really sick. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now you've found this nice castle where you could just that you've just spent ages clearing all the rats out of, and you could just hang out here. Uh, sorry, Hugo's sick. Go yeah. find cure. And um, that's a that's a definitive halfway point, really, isn't it? When we reach the bastion, isn't it? When we reach that castle, yeah, and clear all the rats out. Uh, you feel oh, it's quite nice, but then start straight back out again. Yeah. Um, there's like a MacGuffin, there's like this book that you need to go and get that has the 
recipe for the cure for whatever it is. It's like it's 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 where it really starts to start weaving in the supernatural elements of yep. the plague. So the the bubonic plague, and um, this is the first time that it had hit Europe, but it was not the first time that it had existed because there was the plague of Justinian uh, in the uh, Byzantine Empire, like five six hundred AD. Something like that, right? Andy? I think so. Well, you're I a history teacher. Yeah, I'm not a history teacher of a Byzantine. I never had okay. a couple of Byzantine. So whenever... Um, you Emperor... just make the same mistake what most people do. I'm a history teacher. I know all of history. <laughs> all right, fair <laughs> That's enough. That's all contained. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, the, there was a there was a bubonic plague in the um, uh, the Byzantine Empire. It was probably the first one that, that we know of. Um, there may have been some before then. Um, the, the originates somewhere in the Caucasus or further east than that. Travels down the Silk Road, um, as it would several times over the, the next century. Um, but they sort of weave in this supernatural element that it's like a curse that existed in the Byzantine Empire, and has been passed down through the bloodline and exists in the... um can't remember what, her, what, their, what their family's name is. Um, and that's what Hugo's got. He's got this curse. Darun. Yeah, the Darun family. That's it. And he, the, the, um, Hugo's got this curse and it's in his blood. Yeah. Um, and so there's a complicated way of curing it. Um. And that's where you need to go off and find the cure. But that's when that's the only point that you actually introduced to the the first point you introduced to the villain, the the arch inquisitor or the head inquisitor, whatever his name is, high inquisitor, um, who wants the wants the kid's blood because he thinks that he can control the plague, yeah, Yeah. or something like that. It's not really explained. He wants it for some weird reasons. And also, you've got these level, these levels of advancement in Hugo, isn't it? He has to go through one stage and the thresholds, the yeah. And it never really explains that either. Yeah. Um, or if it did, I missed it, um, but I don't remember it being explained. Mm. It's it's called a macula or something, isn't it? And, it can, and like I said, it's power to control the rats. Yeah, and it does sort of. So you have a. I mean, the first part of it. Does have set limits? Get to Laurentus, you know, because Laurentus helped your mother. The rats get invade Laurentus's house. Get away from yeah. the rats. Get through this battlefield. Get yeah. captured by the by the English, uh, or the Inquisition, whichever it was. The English. <laughs> I quite like that level. Get captured by the English. Like yeah, that, that was level. a good stealth lesson. Yeah, um, you and the this this couple of thieves escape. Then you get to the castle, and then it's like. You think, oh, for it, fine, there might be like a little bit of respite. I didn't realize that it, like at that point there was only halfway through the game because it felt like the journey had gone for quite a long time already. I mean, it's 17 chapters. Now, yeah. some chapters admittedly quite short. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those chapters are like, you've been in the castle, you have to wander around the castle, talk to someone, it's over and done with. Yeah. But I felt like you, I did feel there was a lot of to and fro, and it could have been maybe reduced by maybe five chapters or something mm. absolutely absolutely yeah uh, this game needed an editor um desperately um 
so yeah, I guess like after you've found the castle and I thought that you found some respite, then you have to go off and find um, the cure for yeah, for, the elixir. Yeah, the elixir, and you go to the university. Yep. Yeah. Right, and you're looking for a book, and you're introduced the to Sanguinius Itineria. Yeah. Um, and you're introduced to another character, Roderick. Is that his name? I think it was Roderick, yep. wasn't it? That's yep. the blacksmith's son. Uh, he's another character. He was one of the. I think he was the only companion character actually gave a damn about. Like he actually. Yeah, he was the mm. only one I actually cared about the, uh, out of the companion characters that join you. Um, the two yeah. thieves kids, nah, whatever. And um, Lucas is just, like we said, like a shit cue. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also, but this was the point where, um, like, you follow, he's being led somewhere to open up a door um, by the Inquisition, and you follow yeah. them and then f- help free him. And then he's opening the door, right? This, this was the moment where the first real warning bell rang for me. About what was to come. <laughs> You're standing there while um, Roderick is opening this door that you need to get to to be able to get through to an area and get this book that you're after. And while he's doing it, you have to hold off um, enemies that will come charging in one by one. Yeah. Uh, and all you've got is a sling, which got has a generous lock on, but doesn't always lock on to exactly where you want it. No. Um, no. And it also takes a, a while to kind of charge up for it, it takes to a actually while to work. Spin up. Yeah. And uh, if she gets, if you get caught, then she's dead. And this game does not handle checkpointing very well. <laughs> and so I saw the same stretch of conversation. Yeah, I, I, followed I know. by a fight. Is it after? Yeah. Uh, is a bell fallen or something? Um, I don't remember that one particularly. Uh, okay, I got stuck where he's trying to open a door and a bell had just fallen and you see the cut, the whole cutscene that happens before Hello. and then you load into it and then you've got to get in position and then there's like three or four guards that come through. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That was... That's through exactly the fog. Yeah, I forgot about the Sorry, bell. smoke. Yeah. yeah. And you have... You get a very short window in order to like lock onto them, charge up your, your slingshot and hit him in the head with a rock. And you have to do it in um, the right order, otherwise the one in front of yeah. them gets to you before. And yeah. yeah. And they don't always run in a straight line. <laughs> which, um, and in the end, like, I failed that so many times. I had to look up the internet and it was like, the only really way to do it is like you have to stand in a particular patch of the floor. It's the only way you can see them coming in fast enough to be able to hit all of them. And I was like, that's really bad design. That was the first warning bell. Pushing into the design for just a second, I feel like a lot of... I mean, games are never really very logical at the best of times, generally (laughs) speaking, but some of the puzzle design decisions infuriated me. There's, for example, there are parts of the game where you have to help uh, enemies up a ledge um so yeah. you'll you'll so essentially yeah the game i don't even know if we've talked about this the game is about the mo the main part of it is about uh scaring the rats away with fire rats are scared of fire yeah. so if you are holding a torch or are around a lit area that's lit by a torch you're fine and there's certain areas where um you go up a ledge, so there's a little holder that you can put your torch in so you're safe in this little area, and then you can hoist Hugo and any other companions up the ledge. What you then can't do is the logical thing of picking the flame up again or passing it up the ledge 
because it would break the next puzzle they've got lined up for you in the next section. <laughs> and little things like that just... I, I understand that, you know, puzzles have to be a part of games and they're not always logical and they have to have some kind of rules, but it just... It's that thing of it kind of takes you out of the game of like, I want to grab this torch to take with me and it just doesn't let you. It's, it's right there. You can see it. Mm. You can practically touch it and it's just gone. And I think that there's another section where a similar thing happens, but you fall down a ledge into a pool and you just drop the torch you were carrying because it suits the game and what the next set piece is building up to. Um, Just little things like that uh, just really niggled with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's little moments like uh, when you're navigating through the seas of rats and you're like, you'll be at a fire and there'll be a little stack of sticks. (laughs) You pick up a stick... You need to get to the next fire uh, before the stick runs out. And there's just enough time left on the stick if you take the optimum path, uh, the the path of least resistance between the two points. (laughs) Yeah. And if you veer veer off at all, you're going to get eaten by a bunch of rats and then it's going to send you back to the beginning of the checkpoint, which could be a decent decent way back. Yeah. I mean, that didn't happen. It seemed to happen at certain parts, but... I did find some of the checkpoints okay, and I thought, oh, that's, you know, if you get past a certain bit, the checkpoints was fairly decent, spread out throughout the levels, because some of the levels were quite long, you know, so in terms of checkpoints, certain things, yeah, you kept having to repeat, I remember trying to avoid this soldier over and over again, and Tried to do various things. No, get killed, get killed. Just thinking about that, the brutality of the death of Amicia all the time. Unlike Tomb Raider, which I had a bit of an issue with, I sort of do feel it fits in with the medieval theme. Uh, again, it was a little bit um, like they 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 were trying to ape the. Um, little death screen moments from The Last mm. of Us in making them like short, sharp, like horrific. Um, in the end, they kind of got frustrating. Um, mm. But again, like again, we'll, we'll come on to that in a little bit once we reach the the point where I the game nearly broke me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get to, we yeah, rescue the... Um, blacksmith kids you go and get the book yeah you go back to the the you go back to your home back to the the castle um you got the book and lucas is like ah oh, dang i need a proper lab laboratory i sh- probably should have told you that beforehand but yeah. i don't have the equipment here to be able to make the the cure so oh, where are we going to go oh we there's probably one back at my at my parents house um <laughs> in the old Roman ruins that I've never been to. Um, I'm pretty sure there's some there. Uh, mm. So you go back to the house and that was the point where the game started to jump the shark for me. <laughs> when you started to deal with rat nados. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, oh. Well, that comes in towards the end, but... yeah. Yeah, but that I was remember. the first time you encountered them. Was when you go back to your house. Yeah. It's like 
lots of weird stuff going on. There's like dead bodies lying around that haven't been killed by the rats, and the rats are sort of like circling around them. Mm. You find your your dad's corpse, but then it gets he hasn't been touched. He hasn't been touched, but then it gets covered by covered with rats, and it turns into a rat nado. Um, and that messes with the whole established gameplay loop with the rats of just like just you know chuck fire at them like stay in the light and you're alright because these rat nados will just come and extinguish the light Um, and they became increasingly annoying in certain sections um, a little bit further on Um, but yeah you go to the the old Roman ruins, old Roman baths um, on their land, and you find the laboratory, and then yeah. you have to deal with the fucking ratnados again, while Lucas <laughs> yeah. is fanning about trying to make the, the 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 elixir, and you're having to like protect him. Protect him. Um, now it was quite a cool moment, I guess. Like as soon as he's finished making the elixir, and then the rats just stop dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. That wasn't explained, but I thought it was a cool moment. There's a lot of things that are unexplained. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's, there's a hell of a lot, isn't there? And then you discover, spoiler alert, that your mother wasn't actually killed. Yeah. And what you thought was killed, because there was someone on the other side of it, all, all you saw was like, you thought your mother was the other side of a gate, mm. and then a spear gets st- like stuck through the door. And his blood nun, you think, oh, that's it, his mother's dead, but it wasn't, it was someone else. And the yeah. mother's been captured uh, by the Inquisition yeah. in order for the to, to try and capture Hugo. Um, and you go back to the back to the castle, give Hugo the elixir, and then Hugo decides that he'll just wander off anyway. <laughs> yeah, because he, he, he discovers a monsieur not telling him but how? his mother's still alive. Like Amicia, he overhears it. No, Amicia, oh, Draken, he overhears because Amicia makes everyone promise not to yeah. tell him. Yeah, but there's a scene where he over, you can see him; he overhears it. Oh, I didn't. I must have missed that. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so he buggers off, and then you get a couple of like weird double back-to-back dream sequences. Whereas, like the first one, like starts off, and then it's pretty soon. It's really obvious that it's a dream sequence, and then Amicia appears to wake up. And then it fakes, Ooh. like, it does a, a fake out. And, oh, no, it's another dream sequence. Um, and then you're kind of taken away from Amicia for a, for a while. And yeah. it focuses just on Hugo. Yeah, Hugo in the prison who escaped from the Grand Inquisitor. Um, basically, you discover your mother. You find your mother. And I just feel... That point where he runs away just sets everything back what the character developed. Yeah, he's like wandering around in like a little stealth section where you don't have any of your tools and you just have to avoid everyone. Mm. And then you start wandering through this section where they're mixing up some a bunch of stuff, and then you find like uh, like people who are being like held on racks and bled to feed these Mm. weird white rats. And it doesn't explain anything about them. But they will make a comeback. Um, but it doesn't explain anything about them, why they exist, what's going on. Which is, I, I like, I kept expecting to be able to find like, I don't know, notes 
around the place that would explain some that would build a little bit more out about this world it's like they forgot to put them in or something it's like they mm. they had so many good ideas and such great lore built around but they then they just didn't actually put any of it in the game they didn't bother explaining any of it no <laughs> cool. yeah so like I, w- I didn't know what the hell was going on there I, st- I stood in that room for like a good minute being like what is happening what's with all these weird bald white rats why are they being fed like blood from all these peasants like what is going on and it never explains it no. um then you finally get um get uh free his mother and then that's when like the whole like gameplay system kind of gets thrown on its head in a kind of interesting way like the curse awakens in hugo and you Develop the yeah. ability to control the rats, and I was like, for at least for a brief moment, I was like, "All right, this is pretty cool." Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, that how you kill the soldiers and all that was pretty brutal. That that's yes. probably the the one development of the game that I feel it actually did something. If that makes sense, like I, I was saying yeah. earlier, it's like everything Ooh. you play in the first hour is the rest of the game. But that mm-hmm. that one power with Hugh, when he plays Hugo um, and can control the rats, that is the one thing that would make, that makes it any different or interesting or attempts to at least. Yeah. Um, but even that kind of, you know, gets a bit boring after a while. Yeah. Um, it also gets a little bit fiddly as well because the rats will still attack Hugo. So it's sort of like you're just kind of holding them, at, either directing them at enemies. Yeah. It's like you've got a big shield in front of you, isn't it? Yeah. There was yeah, definitely there's one. There's also a shield that you have to keep holding out, otherwise it will attack you. There's one time as well, pretty much straight after when you get the power, that there's um, the sort of a room that you have to walk down the steps and then all the way around the outside of the room with something in the way. Mm-hmm. And there was a particular way to do it and again it kind of goes into this thing of this game kind of breaks almost if you don't follow the one path it wants you to or do the one thing it wants you to Mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't always signpost what it wants you to do exactly no Um, No. and there was at least one time there that I I died a good few times just because I didn't follow the exact right path that I was meant to walk along yeah I mean I used a guide a few times. I had to use a guide. Yeah, oh, you know, I did. I did as well. And no I'm not proud of that. Admitting that. No, uh, I mean, I'm not bothered, but... No, I don't, but I don't like having to do that. I feel mm. like sometimes if you're having to use a guide for a game, um, the game design has failed in some way. Mm. Um, that's a topic for a separate discussion. <laughs> but yeah, this was the point where it kind of, like, gets a little bit silly and the game kind of started to break for me yeah because it sort of the story sort of starts to break because Hugo gets captured again um, yeah and and then you cut back to, to Amicia at the castle and it's, and she's like oh, such a shame about Hugo maybe I'll see him <laughs> one day and she's like a month yeah a month uh, yeah she's like just not bothered going to look for him but whatever everyone else seems pretty happy so let's just hang out in the castle uh oh here come the rats and there's mm. loads of them oh and there's rat nados now as well and then yeah. fucking Hugo oh here's Hugo with uh, the, the, the some big dude in, in armour who's like 
come up a few times during the game, but you know, I don't think you can learn his name. I don't know what his name is. Um, and Lord Nicholas. Lord, okay, Lord Nicholas. Uh, and then you get sort of like you think that he's gone. He's gone to the dark side because he's all got like a dead face mm. and he's not talking. And um, the Lord Nicholas is using him as a shield against the rats, but also probably as a way to direct the rats towards mm. his enemies or whatever. Um, and then she snaps him out of it, and then you have a boss fight against him. He's the only character it seems to be in the entire game who, just the, every other heavily clad armor, uh, heavily clad in armor character mm. you come up against, just gets as soon as they instantly get swarmed by rats, that's it. It's game over. But yeah. him, like for some reason, he can hold off for a bit, a little bit, and then light his yeah, sword on fire. Fire or something? Yeah, that, that got a bit silly. Set himself on yeah. fire a bit. And then you have to like sneak around until he doesn't realize where you are. Then put the fire out, and then set the rats on him again. Yeah, that was a and pain. You have to do it precisely three times um, to <laughs> kill him. That was um, that was not a good boss fight. No, did not enjoy that. Didn't enjoy. It. I failed that one a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And same I, here. It was always on the same section as well. It was like on the third mm-hmm. wave of, oh. of of him. But yeah, and it's a multi-stage boss fight. That if you fail on the third stage, will send you right back to the beginning of the boss fight, and I fucking hate yeah. that. Yeah, I hate. I that. hate that. Um, it will come up again, I'm sure, when we get to the <laughs> final boss. Um, then, like, what do they do? They decide to go and rescue his mum, right? No. Yeah. Well, we said, well, look, we've got Hugo back. Lord Nicholas is dead. Wish well, the castle's go. full of rats. Let's let's get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, we've got we've lost one of the characters, Arthur. One of the oh thieves yeah, yeah. Is dead. He gets killed. Yeah, he gets killed by Nicholas. Yeah, um, again, but like I just didn't care about that character. Like he's he's missing for most of the game, and then when he comes back, yeah, he's but... just not much of a character. So when he died, I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, but even Roderick, when we get for going to the cathedral, when Rod- spoilers, when Roderick dies, I wasn't really too fussed because I was the problem. I wasn't part of the problem. I thought was it doesn't those quieter moments. They don't really make you apart from Amicia and Hugo and Lucas to a certain extent. The rest of them, I wasn't too fussed about. Cause it doesn't really make your con- talk with them. And yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that. Uh, the yeah. the only characters that it kind of puts any effort or attempt into making you feel anything for are. Amicia, um, Hugo, and Lucas to a degree. Well, Lucas is obviously is kind of they, they almost. I don't know because it, I. I was about to say they almost they they almost try and play like a, like a love interest with Amicia and Lucas, but they don't. No, it's no. just which you kind of have to congratulate them for. Really, they, they didn't yeah. take the cheap option of doing that. I just assumed that they did <laughs> in my head, but yeah. Um, yeah, that that that's probably. I, this is the problem. There's three, two very well written characters. Lucas is, other than just being there to be a shit cue, he is yeah. quite well written. They do make you like him and make an effort in him to do that. And then, like you say, the, the others, yeah. you just. To be honest, I've forgotten some of them. Were even in the game. Well, I like Roderick's character. I've, I felt sorry for him, like his father's killed in front of him. 
Um, he doesn't have any family left. He just follows Amicia and Hugo around and does the like the literal heavy lifting, like barging doors over and pushing things. Um, yeah. And none of the characters who died, well, the two characters who died, um, neither of them earned their like uh, any emotional impact for their deaths, really. Um, but I t- felt like he was the character. I-, I felt a little. I felt something, not much, but I felt but, something but do, when but he do died. do try with Roderick, yeah, because when you're on the way to the cathedral, on that stage, or getting to the cathedral with Roderick pushing the bloody cart, that fucking annoyed me to, to bits. That but section that, nearly made me yeah. rage quit. Yeah, that section is paying it fucking ass. <laughs> but before that. If you wander off and there's a little, there's a tiny bit of wandering, yeah, it does sort of. You find Roderick's old place, mm-hmm. and he does reminisce a bit, like, "Oh, this is where my anvil was, and this is my old home and stuff." And you feel, "All oh, right," but that wasn't enough. They needed to spend more. They needed to spend less time making you do the same stealth section followed by rat section followed by stealth section and spend a little bit more time just with those characters like developing those characters developing uh, Amicia's relationship with those characters so Mm. that when something happens to them it pays off like there's actually an an emotional payoff rather than just oh this guy died I could barely remember his name Mm. Mm. In, in in referring to not Roderick, the other guy. I literally can't remember his name. Arthur. Arthur, right. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't have told you that. Um, felt nothing when he died. It's just like, huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's it. Roderick one kind of sucked, though, but like, especially because like, he seemed to have like uh, not so much an attachment with with um, Amicia, but like a genuine affection for Hugo, and Hugo had seemed to have a genuine Ooh. affection for him. I mean, they give him a noble, noble death. You know, he um, gets pincushioned by all these arrows, and he gets boromir. Yeah, quite a bit. Oh, um, I remember that section that annoyed me. But yeah, that section. Yeah, that's it. When that you're that's like why walking I, down, yeah. Like, um, as you, it doesn't mm. like those um, those uh, archers on the right. You can take them out with a slingshot. Or can you? Yes, you can. But then you're not facing the right way to see the, the knights that come at you from the other direction. Yeah. Mm. So behind you, you from in front. So despite the fact that you could take them out, you can't because you'll be killed by the other knights, so you have to leave them be, which means that Roderick gets filled with pink cushions, whatever. That's the story they want to tell. That's fine. Oh. But it does that thing, which it which has come up a couple of times during the game, and it really does not do very well. It's like chucking a series of enemies at you in a short space of time, and they're oh. either like moving around things or moving up and down different like um elevations yeah. so it makes it difficult to be able to get your shot off to hit them um it be- it just becomes one of those things where you have to die so many times to yep. get the pattern to know what to do yep. Yep. which yep. isn't yep. good game design it's, it's just not. it's lazy it's really and it's annoying mm-hmm. yeah it is i did find that section and oh well repeatedly and I just kept going back to it back to it back to it I think I did quit one night I was like oh, I just can't do it and you just sometimes you, you think I'm covered by the cat I am covered by the cat I'm still getting hit and you, it, 
I suppose it's thinking on the positive side about it. It set that frantic motion of you trying to um, hit this this night, this night, this night. Make sure you're behind the yeah, car. Yeah, I see what Run they were trying to do. Steps, um, and then come up the steps, hit the people in front of you, keep level with the car because if you don't, if you're not level with the car, you can get hit by the arrows. But I think at one point I thought, oh, I'm I'm here. I'm here, I'm at the end, and I still got killed. And you have to do it all again. Yeah. Doing it all again, that's a problem. Yeah, from the very, and not just that. It's like, it's not just, it's, it's also, it starts you from the beginning of that area. So you like, you have to walk mm. up to the cart, start to push it. Roger comes along, barges you out the way and say, no, I'll push it. And you have to watch the whole little cutscene. It's only a very short one, but when you've seen it 10 times. <laughs> just a skip cutscene button would have done wonders in this game. Yeah. So at that point, yeah. I decided I wasn't going to play the game anymore. And I turned it off. <laughs> and I went and got dinner. But then after I'd had something to eat, I came back and turned it back on again. And I, after another three or four attempts, I finally got through that section. And I thought, that's it. That's got to be the, that's got to be the worst section of the game out of the way, right? <laughs> oh, but, you know, if they're trying to tell the epic death of Roderick, you're so exhausted by that point and are frustrated and relieved... It's sort of they're trying to make you emotionally be connected yeah. to Roderick, but your 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 emotions are like fuck, thank fuck for that. Oh, oh I finally got through it. Yeah, the, sorry, yeah. Roderick, that you had to die, but I'm not <laughs> doing that section again. The, the emotional story they were trying to tell is ruined completely by the yeah. shitty, repetitive, annoying gameplay. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that uh, is, the, the, to be honest, to, to be honest, sad, that is, you're actually feeling relieved. That's pretty much the game summed up pretty well. I I feel Ooh. is you know. Um. Yeah. In sorts. In short sections, I I would say that I'll not. Well, I'll save what I'm going to say for when we comes on to what we thought of the game. But anyway, yeah. Um. You finally get through that section. Like Roderick's dead, and then you got to get through some more of the town. Controlling the rats, and you think, right, this should be this section should be like the ultimate like power trip. You should just be mowing. You should be like it should be like Emperor Palpatine, but with rats instead of lightning, just sending out this army, just mowing down everything. But it still throws these roadblocks in your way. Starts introducing a lot of archers, which you can't get the you can't kill with the rats because they're up above. So you have to hit them with the... You have to stand up and charge up your bloody slingshot and then get a rock away, by which point they're just slowly aiming their arrows at you and will hit you more often than not because there's more Ooh. of them than there are of you. Um, you go through a series of these sections that were incredibly difficult where, like, you'd knock someone out with a rock and then instantly all the other enemies in the area would know exactly where you were. Yeah. Um, and the next point that nearly broke me was when you're coming up to the front of the the um, cathedral, cathedral before you get to the steps when those guys come out and then you do get to just set the rats on them. Yeah. There's like four armed, there's four knights oh, and yes. two archers. Um, and I must have played that through that section again another dozen times at least where either... Um, Amici would would die, or one of the companions would die, mm. and I have to do it over and over again because someone would get hit by an arrow, or someone would get hit by a spear, or like 
you'd you'd smash the lantern from one of the enemies and then another one would come at you and you're trying to hit the the torch to put it out so you can set the rats on it but the lock on keeps on aiming for his head but he's wearing a helmet and he won't do anything and that was the second point where i thought i'm not gonna that's when i messaged you guys in slack and i said i think i'm done with this game because I had like half an hour left before we were going to start recording this. And I was like, I have, I know there's a big boss fight coming up with the Grand Inquisitor. I don't think I'm even going to get that far. Mm. And part of it is the controls, isn't it? And part of it is fiddling about with the wheel on your sling. Yeah, having because to switch between to... rocks and the extinguish and whatever else. Because it doesn't, yeah. like you think, right, just a simple change, right? When you hold down the right bumper to change your ammo, mm. slow down time. Yeah. Right, simple as that. It doesn't. No. The fact. No, so you- also, the fact. Just to roll back a little bit to the section with the um, um, with the bloody um, the oh, I can't remember what section it was, but there's a, there's a bit where like you're having to move and like oh, it was one of the sections of the tornadoes, the ratnadoes. Uh, and you're having to like you're moving along as, as someone else is moving like a brazier. So you're having to move and then also throw the like the fire things at the ratnados. But I ran out Ooh. of ammo, so I needed to craft. But you can't craft and move. So I ended up ke- I kept dying whilst I was trying to craft the ammo to stop the ratnados. But while I was crafting the ammo to stop the Ooh. ratnados, the ratnados would get me, and it's just like little things like that. Just. When yep. you change ammo, slow down time. It would it would have made some of those sections a hell of a lot less painful. Yeah. But I suppose it does introduce that panic thing where you, I don't know if you if if this was a thought process going. You're a young girl. You are panicking at this point. You've got loads of enemies coming at you. So changing sling weapons, it make it more realistic or not. At this point, your little brother can control armies of rats. Like, come on, yeah. man. Oh, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just seeing it from another point of view. No, I know, I know. Wait, maybe. I'm not saying it, it's the right point of view, and I, I, I understand the. Cause I, I got frustrated at these last few bits. Yeah. Of panic. It does sort of set that panic thing where you're, oh shit, I've just chosen wrong ammo. That's me dead. Boom. But yeah finally get through that section then you then you you get like a very very brief window of like power fantasy as all these soldiers mm. come out the front of the cathedral and you're just setting the rats on I was like yes finally and then that lasts for about i don't know 30 seconds to a minute and then you have then you get into the cathedral and there's the grand inquisitor and then the game fully jumps the shark oh fucking hell here this this was this was on Unbelievably tough. There's two parts to this, isn't it? Well, there's the first bit. Because well, are, hang on. Let's before we get into the actual fight, should we explain that um, for anyone who hasn't played the game, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but the white rats come back, uh, yep. and the Grand Inquisitor, who has injected himself with Hugo's blood, has now passed whatever threshold, whatever the thresholds mean, and can now control yep. the rats. But he controls his own army, his own army of white rats. That aren't yep. scared by fire, um, and you're having like a rat off battle. <laughs> like he's chucking rats. he's chucking white ratnados at you, and you're chucking black ratnados at them to disperse mm. them. Whilst like slowly walking forward and putting out these brazes yep. so that your rats can advance. Yeah. And then Andy, what happens? Ugh. 
Man, so the first bit <clears throat> is essentially you walking up the cathedral, like I said, just fighting these white, white rats, and I get killed so many times. Um, it was just an absolute pain in the ass um, fighting off the ratnados, and sometimes and the problem was you couldn't see them clearly. Sometimes, mm. no, nope. you couldn't see them probably no, at all because there's so, so much going on on the screen, like. To this yeah. game's credit, I don't know how they did it, but they they managed to do a way of like of animating. I know they kind of like the like a lot of the the rats they're not like moving around properly; they're just sort of like twitching yeah. around. Like, but they managed to animate full on seas of rats, and like all the way through the game, that looked really impressive. I don't know, I don't know how they did it. Um, I mean, for what it is, for the budget they must have had. Yeah, what the, what graphically and the AI of the game. Is really really good. Yeah, but, but at that point, there's so much going on on the screen that you can't see the threat properly. Mm. No, no, and you feel quite powerless almost, and you feel like more frustrated. Because, but once you get past the first stage, at least it saves you, so you don't have to do that stage over and over again. It finally, it learns a lesson it. and gives you a checkpoint. But the final boss is an absolute pain. In I'm just going to say, if they hadn't put that checkpoint in between that first section and the second section, I wouldn't have finished the game. No. It, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And I, and I don't like games. I just played game through Westerado. It did that. And that was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. The fight, when, you, when we decided to put a boss who's just... You do stage after stage after stage, and that quite, I mean, the two stages are quite long. That first stage is quite long because it's, it's quite a long way. You have to do about three or four um, braziers. Well, I played um, um, Journey to the Savage Planet recently as well, which is another sort of like double A game that does so much wrong that the stuff it does, there's so much so much right. Sorry, that the stuff it does wrong just feels so much worse, uh, and that does like boss fights but that, that those boss fights are like five or six like sections and if you if you fuck up it sends mm. you back to the very beginning of the boss fight um so i should have been tempered <laughs> for this but <laughs> yeah um but this is it game design haven't learned and that's a separate topic in the terms of at least you get that save point but the final bit but you have to hit him three times. Well, he turns himself yeah. into a giant tornado Rat, of rats. Time, rats. That, like, spiral up into a tower and then yeah. slams down on the ground. Or yeah, they tunnel into the ground and it. then come up beneath you somewhere. Yeah. And then you have to... Like, it, the game doesn't explain it to you at all. I think Hugo might shout it at you if you fail mm. a few times. That you have to direct the, the piles or the tunnels of rats either side... So that the yeah. middle is clear, so that when he's done a predetermined number of attacks, you can tell Hugo to send a ratnade of his own towards the the uh, high inquisitor, and then and you have to make sure the braziers are put out as well. Yeah, you have to you know, make sure the braziers are put out. Keep switching between your ammo types, and then when the rats are knocked off him, hit him in the head with a rock, mm. and then rinse and repeat precisely three yeah. times. It is, and but it gets more difficult. Yes, because he and there's ways you do it. I mean, the, t- I think the tactic I did was just go really far in the corners, 
and put and then run. But then if you cross the white rats, you get killed, and you have to redo it. Yeah, and that happened a uh, lot. <laughs> if you've got a white rat in the center of the aisle, then your black rats, the black rats won't go. get there. Nope. There is, there's, yeah, it was an exercise in frustration. Um, mm. And it was just one of just a number of moments during those, those like last couple of chapters that kind of ruined it for me. And when I finally beat him, you finally beat him, and like he falls to the floor and like makes eye contact with Hugo. And then the game just fades to black credits roll. And I was like, what the what? fuck just happened? Yep. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Is that the conclusion? That's it. But then you get a post-credit sequence where nothing happens. No. You can Stop you it. can play a little uh, game with some like chucking a rock at some wooden rats mm. and win an apple. There's a fair going on, but you're not allowed in the fair. So then you wander down the street, and um, Lucas and your mum are on a cart, and then you get on a cart, and that's it. Yeah. And the rats have disappeared. As as Lucas, uh, as as uh, Hugo still got the plague. What happened to the rats? Yeah, he complains that people still don't really like him or wary of him. It's just like but, yeah, it's only been a few days. But yeah, it's been it's been like yeah, a few days. What happened to the plague? What happened to all the rats? What happened to everything? None of this is explained. Like this, this game has like. Z- oh, God. <laughs> True power, the gift of self. I am unity. I am the blood of blood that connects all people. Get back! Stay with you, guys. Become again. So you enjoyed so it. So frustrating. Then. I, well, okay, all right. Should we let, let's go on to what we thought of the game? <laughs> oh, before we go on to the last okay. part, okay, let's just see. We got some feedback from Colm. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got feedback from Colm. Is this Colm so, or Dodgy look, Collie? Because <laughs> I don't trust that dodgy <laughs> bloke. Uh, no. Dodgy, dodgy Collie score. <laughs> love it. Okay, so Colm goes. Oh my god, I love this game. Some bits were a little frustrating. Uh, that's, an, that's an understatement. <laughs> but overall, I loved the gameplay mechanics, storyline, and the characters were great. Dodgy Collie score of 8 out of 10. Ah, so it is the dodgy one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's probably fair. I think I think he's understatement, understating the frustration. But yes. I think eight is generous. Yeah. Um, I think I probably would have had a better time with it if I had paced myself the playthrough out a little bit more and I hadn't realized at two o'clock in the afternoon on the day that we were recording this episode, <laughs> oh, I should probably finish it before we talk about it uh, and then rushing through so that I literally finished five minutes before we jumped online. Mm. Um, I was going to say, I mean, you were... You were- quite positive about it before today 
Yeah, you were you were really positive. And I was positive for most of my playthrough today. It was literally that like like it was it was the um, it was the moment that the well like there, there was the moment when you're defending um, Roderick as he's opening the gate was like a first yeah. sort of like warning bell, but then things calmed down for a while. I was like, okay, this should be okay. From the moment the Ratnados were introduced, um, things started to fall apart for me. But I, I was still going, uh, and I was still enjoying it. And then the last like two chapters, well, it last three because the last chapter is just that post-credit scene. But those last two yeah. chapters of actual gameplay um, almost broke me. I, I almost just gave up. Yeah, I was like, Do you know what? Ending. I'll just read the Wikipedia summary. Um. But I don't know if I probably would have been less frustrated if I hadn't been like forcing my, myself to play through it so quickly. Um, I still think I would have been frustrated because just some of the gameplay stuff that it throws at you uh, is just not well designed at all. Mm. Um, but um, it's a it tries. To, I, I've said I say this a lot, um, but it's a game that tried to do something new. It tried to do something a little bit different, the, uh, like an interesting setting that hadn't really been done in that sort of in in well, in a video game really. I um, think that that's kind of the problem for me though is they they tried to do a different setting, mm-hmm. um, but with a formula of game that has been honed and perfected by a AAA studio that has massive budgets, so well, that anything that they could do just feels budget essentially and frustrating it doesn't have the I, th- I think the one thing that i mainly took away from this game uh it is just how good naughty dog are at what they do really yeah. they like, have the stuff that, that they were aping from naughty dog only really made up like half of the game i don't know it's like that's still half a game but like um this like this the stealthy sections where you're sort of avoiding um, the Inquisition, or the, the 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 human characters, um, but the the whole the, the puzzles with the rats is something I haven't really seen in a game before. Is what I, I meant. Not not with rats, but you kind of you you have very very similar puzzles in a lot of other games. Possibly, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm just looking at the rats. Five thousand rats compare on screen. That's a lot of rats. <laughs> The technology is impressive. Um, they, I think they they use like different types of rendering. So as they the rats get further and further away, yeah. they're actually not rats, but like a um, cloth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's still it's still the technology is very good. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it it tried to be different. It didn't. It didn't try to. Yeah. Uh, it didn't try to. You know, make make a game for mass appeal. They they made the game that they wanted to make. Um, they obviously, like I said, like they lent quite heavily on an influence uh, on a Naughty Dog influence in mm. a lot of aspects of the game. Um, and it tried to ape parts of The Last of Us in terms of its like stealth action gameplay, the relationship between the two main characters. Um, uh, didn't hit the mark on most of those, but I applaud it for trying. Um, I uh, the the down the, the, the sort of like frustrating moments of the game left such a sour taste in my mouth though that it kind of spoilt the overall 
experience. Um, it's not the worst game I've played this year, but it's not. It's definitely not one of the better ones I've played this year. Hmm. Would you recommend it? If you've got a, a Game Pass game. subscription, yes. Uh, give it a try. Don't feel that you have to stick with it if you're not enjoying it. What I would say, I, I wouldn't recommend playing it, but if you're interested in the setting, I'd recommend watching a playthrough on YouTube or something. Mm. Just so you yeah. don't have to go through the annoying... The I think they you'd get the best of both worlds. You'd get the story, which I think we all agree is the best part of the game, yeah. but you wouldn't have the frustration yeah. of the puzzles being just so linearly subscribed that if you wander off the beaten track, then you, you get punished again and again for it and -hmm. you don't get the frustrating puzzles you know uh, of of just like we said about the archers and the carriage and stuff it's yeah um but then again the story like we say does just kind of seep off at the end nothing is resolved nothing really happens you just you defeat this bloke who's apparently an all-powerful rat god and (laughs) everything's back to normal yeah there's no um there's no, no closure no closure there's no closure at all and there's so yeah. many uh, so many elements about the world the law that they built like the, this sort of like uh the whole curse just justinian curse um passed down to the bloodline the 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 rats the white rats um mm. so many elements of this game that it's like would just have benefited from I don't know diary extracts here and there that you can stumble across or notes or or just more cutscenes with characters that explained what the hell was going on but there wasn't anything so it just you kind of left feeling a little bit like well what what happened yeah I mean it is difficult isn't it to say what happens when I think about it more and more? It's almost if I didn't know better, it was almost like directed by two different people. Whereas the first half is directed by director A, they've been sacked for whatever reason, and director B is taken over and just try to do a quick run through or and just throw everything. We've got all this stuff to still do. We've done ten chapters already or nine chapters or whatever it is. And we still haven't got to the end. Right, yeah. everything in. I don't think I've ever played a game before that felt both rushed and, like, baggy. Mm. Like, mm. it felt rushed, but there was also too much there. Yeah. I mean, that f- I think the journey to Bastion, where you spend... That aim mm-hmm. where you go from your home, um, you're being chased by the Inquisition, you go to the village, you the town, then you go after Laurentus, and then you travel, you go through the you battlefield, go across the battlefield yeah. you go through the English camp. I think the up to the bastion bit is brilliant, yeah. I think that captures a theme of medieval life, I think it's the brutality there. How some people took care of you, how some people weren't, the how people lived, um, the brutality of medieval war. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, bodies were just left. I, I think, and the fact that plague 
inner and they did believe in supernatural causes is evident throughout and that was just unbelievably deep I felt I thought the two characters were really good I thought they were well written in terms of the conflict between them um, I thought Hugo even though he's a annoying kid was good and then you almost feel that they thought maybe they wouldn't get a sequel or whatever it may be and they just thought, right, jump into the supernatural. Yeah. Really like, two feet. Well, we need to make this game more exciting. What can we do? Like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't. That first half was yeah. really good. Yeah. And I was, they were after The Last of Us or Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. That's exactly and, one of the games I was thinking of. No. And they forget that at no point in Brothers Tale of Two Sons did I become frustrated at any point. Nope. So no, nope. and that game doesn't outstay its welcome either. No, I think we have to realize that the gameplay has to complement the story mm-hmm. rather than frustrate the story mm-hmm. at certain parts, because otherwise people, particularly laps gamers, do not have the time to really dedicate and put the way through these type of end games situations and last few levels. I'd say that game took me maybe 12 hours to complete end-to-end. The first half was very smooth. There weren't really any problems. The second half was almost entirely an exercise in frustration. Um, And I would rather recommend for a lapsed gamer a... I would happily recommend games that were twice as long as this for a lapsed gamer before I recommended this because it's felt padded artificially padded uh, and artificial difficulty spikes um, either like intentional difficulty spikes or it's just simply that the mechanics weren't good enough to keep up with the combat that they tried to put in um, which meant that the second half of the game took significantly longer than it probably should have um, if things had gone a little bit smoother yeah I mean, we all agree that the second half of the game is a bit of a tough slog and dog's dinner, basically, in terms of gameplay, complement of story and everything and how frustrating it becomes. I am going to give it a recommendation. I just think the first half, as a gamer, mm-hmm. and judging when it comes from, you know, I'm not going to put expectations of Last of Us and Night Dog onto this, but... It's a worthwhile game, and if you pick it up for cheap, I mean, I pick, I pick it up for about £15, you probably can get it for cheaper, you can get it on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and if you play through it, because I'm, my probably gaming style is a bit different at the moment, where I'm having to, I can't devote hours upon hours to certain games, and playing maybe two hours, an hour a night, and you sort of do plod away through it, and if you plod away through it until maybe you get to Bastion a little bit further, you might not need to play it anymore, you know, because it, you get you get everything that you get from the world that they wanted to deliver. And like I said, it jumps a shark. But up to, and then you maybe just want to see what happens at the end. Yeah. Avoid I mean, avoid the car and everything and just yeah. go YouTube it. That was there was like yeah, um but I I think even if you YouTubed it just for the story, you'd end up coming out disappointed because there's elements about it when yeah. they when they first introduce like the grand inquisitor 
he's such a creepy like cartoonishly villainous character I was like mm. this 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 dude seems kind of interesting I hope this goes somewhere fun <laughs> and it kind of did in that you end up fighting him enveloped in a tower of uh, like a, a, a typhoon of white rats um but the fact that they don't explain anything about his motives or his methods or anything. Um, and that, that, like, I think I would have been disappointed even if I just watched a Let's Play on YouTube. I think. Mm. But I would still... I wouldn't recommend... I don't, I, even at like £15, whatever you paid for it, I wouldn't recommend paying for it. Uh, maybe if it was less than a tenner, perhaps. Mm. If you've got a Game Pass, then sure. Check it out. Um, you may get on with it. The gameplay better than than I did. If I said if you are going to play uh, through it, I would not recommend rushing the second half. Maybe do like <laughs> a chapter a night. Um, yeah, that's going to be like maybe about an hour's worth of gameplay. Um, maybe a bit more. Some of them a bit less. Just play it that way. Take your time with it, and you probably be a little bit less frustrated with it. But yeah. I cannot I mean- give it a wholehearted recommendation. I'm afraid too much um, it, it ground me down to the point where i played two games this year um that i nearly rage quit um one of them was um uh journey to the savage planet specifically the final boss fight in that game nearly made me rage quit on stream <laughs> nearly made me rage quit that game live on stream um this was the other one that like at several points during that last section i thought i'm done like I'm, I, this is this is just not fun anymore. I'm done, um, and so mm. for that I could not recommend it. Well, I know on the second half forgets about the world. It's more focused on the gameplay, isn't it? And but it forgets about the depth of the medieval world. Yeah, like in that first um, half, like that, that first section where you're going through that village, and there's like there's still the mm. people there, and. There's sort of like there's the area of town where all the white crosses are drawn on the doors because people like the game forgets the plague exists, mm. like there stops being yeah. plague victims and there's just the rats, yeah. the rats and the Inquisition and that's it, uh, and there are no other people. Yeah, yeah, that kind I'm of gonna, sucks. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's sort of like if the dichotomy between the two game two halves is very different. Yeah. So, but I'm going to give it a recommendation. I just, I just, I enjoyed it as a history teacher and for that place in history. And I would, like I said, I'd probably play it to about chapter twelve, chapter thirteen, maybe fourteen, and then forget about fifteen and sixteen really because they're just bad chapters. But for 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 this studio to give this game. Really, their first original game. I think it's really good. It's, like I said, sold a million copies. It's been recognised, so people do like it. But to, to um, contrast this, compare and contrast this with briefly uh, with another game, first game, real game at least, uh, by another French studio, Double um, A game. Uh, Don't nod. Um, their first game. Uh, Remember Me is probably my favourite example of a... And they've gone on to, to prove themselves to be like the, the masters of this sort of like 7 out of 10 AA game. But that's my favourite 
probably probably favorite example of that sort of game um, and that does stuff wrong and it falters and it wastes opportunities but it never felt frustrating like this game Ooh. did yeah and I, that's I, the I, thing I, I, I am I, that's the thing that separates for me like a really good seven out of ten and a bad seven out of ten um is that sentence sounds really weird but you know what i mean um <laughs> it's like a good seven out of ten like you know has a few rough edges maybe it'll have some bugs maybe it has some gameplay mechanics that are that are for example in remember me there's a gameplay mechanic which is apparently being ripped off by Cyberpunk 2077 where you sort of like hack into people's memories and you scrub backwards and forwards through the memories like a like a CCTV footage and piece stuff together to find out information and then you could like change their memories to change their, their influence the way that they think. And it's a really cool mechanic. They put it in the game twice and that's it. It's like, that's a really cool idea, completely wasted opportunity. It's not frustrating. Mm. It's Well, the only frustration is that there's not more of it. But, it was, <laughs> but with this game, there was, there was like sections where they tried something and it didn't work, so they kept making you do it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they're all fair points. I, I can't, I'm not going to disagree that it's frustrating and... I can see why people would hate it and people don't like it, like yourself, Nick. And the, the second half is just a, really most of it's just a dog's dinner. But no. I think Nick, did you? Do, do you? Do you? You're pretty solid, and you you don't like it, right? Yeah, I okay. just really didn't. No, I begrudgingly admire it. Um, I would not want to play through it again. I would not highly heartily recommend that anyone else plays it again but i admire the fact that it would try to do something different i think as well it, it it's just such wasted potential i think yep. they had a yep. great idea they've clearly got some talented writers um that have gone to town and they've they've done some wonderful world building and then just seemingly not told any of the actual game developers and level designers and stuff to put any of it into the game which is yeah. what frustrates me the most, I think. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah, I just... No. The, the the actual game of it, I didn't enjoy after the first couple of hours. Sure. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. First half, really good. Second half, oof. Um, play yeah. it if it's... Uh, my recommendation, play if you can get it. Play it for free. If not, play Remember Me and play Vampire instead. <laughs> I'm going to give it a recommend up to about 75% of it fair and it's not and Dodgy Collie also recommends it it seems yeah, so, we need to know whether he'd been drinking before he sent that tweet <laughs> <laughs> Probably, what time was it I think it was this morning so probably <laughs> well yeah that's always a chance <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> I watched him drunk streaming Dirt Rally the other the other day. <laughs> oh wow, that was something. <laughs> oh, nice little segue there, Mark. Well done. Um, we are streaming virtually every single night. One of us. In fact, I'm going to be late for my stream. Right? Um, anyway, so yeah, every night apart Monday, from Fridays. No, no, Friday, Fridays is sometimes a joint stream, sometimes it's not. Joint stream. Sunday we take the day off. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, Chazzy streams on Saturday. Chazzy does Saturday, yeah. yeah. Chazzy Saturday. Sunday is a day of rest. 
And uh, well, for some yeah. of you, for for the rest of us, it's actually Saturday. <laughs> yeah. But we are streaming low, so come up on our uh, Twitch channel, Laps Gamer Radio. Um, come to the website. There will be some content coming soon. I'm halfway through a review. Um, in addition, check us out on Twitter. Contact us. Um, give us some feedback for the show. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Nick kept his sword away from Mark, so Mark's still living. Um, but I've still got the plague. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm off to I'm off to be the Pied Piper and take the rats away. <laughs> and so long. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.